When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Are you ready? Zoe. So this is your first time as a guest slash co-host for... Season two. Season two. Season two. New and improved. Relentless Diaries. Yeah. New and improved. Cheers. Cheers. So, wow. I'm finally here. You know how hard I worked for this, man. I, I podcasted my ass. I always wanted to be a guest. So you know what? You always want to be a guest on this podcast even though you're here every day and you edit and you yes. record. Yes. And- I actually wanted to explain that to all the people that always be in your DMs about wanting to be on the show and everything like that. I fucking produce the show. I do all the editing and everything. And what is it? Episode 13 or something like that? Season 2, episode 1. Season 2, episode, episode 1. 13, We've yes. done a handful of episodes before. And this is my first guest, you know, being in front of the camera. I had to earn this, you know? You didn't have to earn it. I had to earn being a guest on my own show, you know? And here we are. Here we <laughs> finally are. Mans are all here. Leveling up. I can be a guest on my own podcast now. Literally. And for everyone who has been messaging me and DMing me both. Do you want to go by Clyde or Chris? <laughs> Clyde. Okay. For, Clyde. Yeah. <laughs> for everyone who's been like messaging me and Clyde and DMing us, um, we weren't quitting on this podcast. We also weren't fighting for people who thought we had yeah. Um There was no fighting. There was no quitting. I think we both got to a point where we were, I would say, getting... Life was picking up yeah. on our personal ends, both of us. And in a good way. I'd in a say. good way, yeah. I would say it was a good way. Yeah. And I think with like I said, the way I wanted this show to work, I wanted it to be super authentic. I wanted to have my guests in my space. I wanted to be able to, you know, chill, eat, drink, whatever that looks like. Um, and because COVID restrictions were so tight, um, in Toronto, kind of when we finished episode twelve. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to take a break. I don't know, like I said, it was it was hard to do this without having my guests physically with me and without having you to be able to like record and edit because I'm not podcast savvy. Even though I do have a podcast, I'm more just personality. Zoe doesn't know shit. I have personality and looks, <laughs> um, but Clyde is the brain. So obviously not even being to be able to like connect with you and record. Like I just didn't want to do anything that didn't feel right 
or genuine. We weren't so, gonna do the Zoom stuff. Yeah, I didn't yeah. want to do the Zoom stuff. I didn't want to do like the virtual, yeah. you know, interviews and stuff like that. Um, I know it's worked with some other podcasts, but for me, I was like, I don't know. I, I like the whole setup that we had with having the guests here in person, you know. I think that's a huge testament to just what Relentless Diaries podcast is, you know? Um, I think so many people, you know, when I speak to them about it, you know, they'll they'll say this or they'll say that, and they're like, yo, y'all say some crazy stuff on there. Y'all, y'all were talking about this, you know, shaking the table or whatever. And it's like, you know, when Zoe comes in, it, like I try and explain to people, when Zoe comes in, sometimes she isn't really, she doesn't give her guests like a topic or breakdown and everything. It's very, very, very authentic. It's mm-hmm. very real. You're not... You're the exact same way before we start recording to when we're recording to when we're done, you know? Like, it's not a character. You are, like, really who you are. And, like, people resonate with that. That's why people, like, tune in, you know? And this is why it's a dope podcast. And it's authentic. There's nothing fake about it, you know? You don't even, like, when we're talking about who we want on and guests and stuff like that, you're like, I don't want it to be, like, some big, you know, because we've had some people on. We've had the Marlins and everything on like that. So it's like, no, this is... Like the conversations, everything is is a very authentic thing. So I think like what you're saying with with um, not wanting to compromise, you know, having your guests in studio with with you, it was worth holding out over. Hundred you know? percent. Because it's a real thing. Yeah, and our last episode was right before Christmas, and yeah, today we're like mid March, so it's been about a three month. Yeah, I would say it's been a minute. Two months it's or been so. A but like I said, it was worth it. I think we both took our time in figuring out what we wanted and what we were doing personally. Um, we both have new jobs. Um, new studio. We have new studio, new visuals, new topics, new guests coming. So I just wanted to give all of our listeners kind of that, I would say, communication that we didn't just like end this. Yeah. And it wasn't something, I know I've said so many times it was something that I wanted to do and I wanted to continue and I wanted to see it grow. So I want people to know that it wasn't just like me quitting mm. you or I quitting it was yeah, more absolutely. just like life picks up you know and sometimes it's okay to take a break yeah you know it's and like I said we took a break and we came back better yeah no so for we took a break for good reasons exactly and to like all those people too you know I uh, obviously you know do a lot of the back end stuff here I'm still getting a lot of emails about us ranking on you know mm-hmm. Apple podcasts and stuff like that so it's like the support seemed to still be there everybody yeah. was always still asking never it never really trailed off when people were like so when are you starting it again so like mm. you know the people that review it the people that quote it on twitter um the people that download it and shit like and subscribe people you, who are still subscribing to our youtube it's slowly growing you guys are amazing like you guys are the reason why like like this is still a thing and why we're also still motivated to keep going because we also feel like you know you guys have been there supporting us, so like right. we, it's only right we keep continuing. And it's like, we, we got a lot more we still got to say, so. Exactly. So how have you been? <sighs> I've, been I've been good, you know? Because I got a new job and everything. Things are, things are picking up. I was like, it's funny, uh, when we started this, I, I really didn't have much going on, I feel like. Mm-hmm. You know, it was pandemic. Um, I was working at a restaurant, and that closed down, obviously, because of that. And, um... You know, I think we've told the story before. I DM'd you or whatever, and then just this came, and then that kind of led to this new job that I have, and I'm working with with people I've always wanted to work with. I'm in front of the camera. I'm doing news segments. Um, I'm getting put on meme accounts and stuff like that. It's 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 different. It's a very new space that I'm in. Yo, (laughs) I'm not famous, but I got I'm I'm visible. I'm people are looking at me and mm-hmm. people are paying attention to what I'm saying because I'm on a large platform, you right. know, um, 
for those. I'm, I'm, I'm doing, I'm working out before they're famous, famous news, um, and I do the news segments there. And yeah, like it, it, it's a big platform and a big team that I've been uh, privileged to work with. So yeah, there's a lot of eyes on me and it's different. Um, it's kind of like I wonder about people like you, you know, like being in this position now. People like me. Yes, people like you, who <laughs> I make that sound so bad. <laughs> I was like, what? Uh, when I say people like you, people like Zoe, who are very active on social media, like with their presence and like mm -hmm. on Twitter, you know, like you're you're always interacting with people, you're always replying to things, and it's like, you know, sometimes a lot of the time you've like lit up Twitter with conversations that stemmed from podcast episodes. Right. So, you know. Having people in your DMs, people commenting and people getting at you on social media is like a new thing to me that I'm like learning how to do. And I'm like, wow, I don't know how people like you do this and are so cool and calm and collect and like are able to just, you know, always, uh, always be reacting to people and stuff like that shit is so hard to be like, you're really good at that, you know? Really? I always feel like I'm super like, cause I get, a, I don't actually, I wouldn't say I get offended easily, but I definitely get, like I get snappy yeah. easily yeah and i definitely take things you will say to me like it like is it beef or like you know what i mean so i don't let i even though i should that's what i try to work on i don't let things slide off my back very easily yeah i'm always just like Yo, what is it like you know say it with your chest like what is it like let's go you want know, back and forth i'll give you a back and forth you know what i mean so that is not the best thing i would say but i feel like as, i think it is i think it's good to be that way really yeah i think like i i want to be more I feel that like way. i need to be above it you feel like you're succumbing, like you're you're going low by like interacting sometimes Not with that like stuff. Not even like going low, but I feel like yo, am I really going back and forth with this person? Mm -hmm. Like I genuinely don't care, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But it's also like at the point, like don't try to come to me. So I feel like being like that <laughs> social, being that social media, um, I guess presence or having that social media presence can be difficult because it's like. There's people who definitely have a larger platform than I do, but it's like, what do you let roll off your back and what do you engage in? And I, I always choose to fight. Like, I choose violence all the time. You always choose violence. I'm always choosing So why violence. are you always choosing violence? Because people won't, like, don't ever treat me like I'm a bitch. Yeah. Like, you have, I, for me, I just choose violence because it's like, who are you? Like, don't yeah, talk yeah. to me. You don't know me. You don't know people. Like, people have to be very careful on how they... And you come at people, especially on social media. Yeah, I, I think so the too. Fuck are you? I, I like I hate that people can kind of hide behind like a screen, you know, like not that. attached to their name. You know, they can use a handle that you can't find out where. where. Right. Actually, if you want to find out, you know, <laughs> put that. You know, people with burner accounts and stuff like that on Twitter. If you take their at and put it in Twitter and try and sign in and be like. Oh, like I forgot my password. It'll show you the email that it's attached to, and it'll like star it out and stuff like that. So, little fun fact for people that have Twitter people. Are you a creep? Nah, I Why work in social. I work in social media. Like, yo, Zo. In the last three months, I've learned a lot <laughs> about like just that kind of stuff, and yeah. it's um. I don't know. I'm very because I'm not like that. I'm not. I don't choose violence. Right. I've always got an opinion cool, that I choose collected. to not. I wouldn't even say that because I know that if I'm gonna express something I'm passionate about, I can get like. I don't know. I I, I could get passionate, and I don't I don't want to come across a certain way or be, you know, misunderstood or misconstrued or anything. Mm -hmm. But. Yeah, I'm, I, I watch. Like, that's, that's why I seen you, you know? Like, you were always on... You know what it was for me? Because it was in the middle of George Floyd when you posted... Uh, like, you posted a very long story about you speaking about, you know, mm -hmm. the issues. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of like, yo, this girl's always popping shit on Twitter. And right. she can talk, too. She got a voice. Yo, she needs a podcast, you know? Um, so, 
that's why you know I, I used to have a podcast and I'm not I don't I don't exp- I'm not expressing my opinion as much and that's right. why I'm saying you know with the whole choose violence thing being active on social media I need to be better at that I need to be replying to comments more and, and shit like that expressing my opinion when I have a hot take and whatnot mm-hmm. um, but yeah it's tumultuous and it's it's bad for your mental health man what's well, bad for mental health social media yeah it is yeah I think it can too much of it is 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 not a good thing and it's like a real life addiction I think people don't realize like how much of an addiction social media plays in our lives it's weird and I was I think COVID's not helping no um, like I said we're about we started this podcast during the Black Lives Matter movement, which was during COVID, was it not? Yeah, it was was definitely during COVID. And that, now we're about a year in or so, and I don't know, like I feel like COVID has had such a, a weird, like I just don't know how, like I believe we're going to get back to normal, but it's gonna be a completely different normal. Yeah. Like, I don't think... Masks will always be a thing, I feel like. Like, for the rest of our lives? For, like, it'll be almost a cultural thing. Like, it's, you know, it's going to be an accessory, like, with fashion and Mm -hmm. stuff. I just feel like masks are here to stay. And I'm okay with it, you know? A lot of people say... I hate it. You hate it? Yeah. No, it's it's not... it's, It's... It's not ideal. But... You know, people are having less colds. The flu season, you know, isn't, like, what it was. People are, for the most part, cleaner and more sanitary and getting, like... Obviously, people have COVID and everything, but uh, just less flu, less colds yeah. and everything. Um, and I don't know. You know when you see movies and you see people being grubby and, like, you know, just crowds of people or you think I've seen, like, you uh, a tweet you interacted with about, like, being uh, an athlete and you guys would share the same water yeah, bottle and yeah, stuff. You know, yeah. you look back at that and it's like, yo, it's how did I allow myself to be so fucking dirty or yeah. something, you know? So I think the mask is going to be a part of that. I mean, like... You're waiting to travel. I know you're. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting to travel. I just really like I, I feel it a lot for this. Oops, I feel it a lot for the small businesses, uh-huh. and I feel it a lot for retail. Um, my previous job, before the new job that I have now, which is a really great job that I have now, by the way, congrats to me. Um, so I had a retail job before, but it was corporate retail. Yeah. So, to really see how the COVID has impacted such a large retail business that I used to work for, Mm -hmm. I could only imagine what the small businesses are going through, right? When you even go down Queen Street in Toronto now, people were telling me like everything- Ghost town. Is boarded up permanently or temporarily for how many amount of months. Um, Queen Street's really like, it doesn't, like that whole Queen West thing, like doesn't exist anymore. Like it's it's done. There's no more Queen West, guys. And like the nightlife, like what's gonna happen with the nightlife? Like Toronto nightlife was already shit. I've spoken on that so many times before. (laughs) Um, I've already hated Toronto nightlife as a black person in Toronto, but it's also like, like what are are we gonna do with nightlife? Like do we even have a nightlife? What is King Street in Toronto gonna look like? I think I think King Street will be back. You know, I think the yeah. big like the big clubs, even if uh, even if like you know venues change ownership or something, I still feel like people will want to be going out, and it's like one of the first things people are gonna want to do as soon as like vaccinations and restrictions are lifted. Right. Um, no, I think I and I think. I don't know. Toronto does have a really awful party scene too. Like I don't. Yeah. I've never. I've never had like a good experience with it. I've never been the man at EFS every night and stuff like yeah. that. But I don't know. I feel like people want to party enough that it'll it'll come back. I mean, 
We'll see. But it's like... They just opened patios today, like the day that we're recording this, and it's bumping. Like, I just walked past a bunch of patios. They open patios. I know, so patios in Toronto are officially open now. Yeah, like, I bet that'll already start, you know... Like, heated, heated rooftops again, and stuff, you know? If we lock back down again, then what? I think we're going to do that, too. Like, I think the third wave is coming for us. Doug Ford fucked this up. Doug Ford fucked this up. Fuck Doug Ford. I think Trudeau de- kind of definitely fucked us up a little bit as well with the ordering of the vaccines. But, I mean... Yeah, they got the entire population of Canada vaccinated over in America. Your friends. My friends? Yeah, your friends. Americans? The, the Americans. <laughs> the best you understand that I get confronted with that? That's, like, so associated with their brand, too. It's like, oh, yo, you're the podcast that shits on, on Toronto mans, eh? Like That has become my brand, and I'm, I, I'm okay with it. I noticed that during, like, while we were on a hiatus, and people yeah. were still talking to me about, like, so, yeah, like, why do you just prefer... That is my brand, and I'm okay with it. Um, me liking American... Whatever don't want to talk about it really oh, okay it's just my brand. Okay. it's a it's a it's soft spot eh? okay, yo, don't it ask don't, don't ask her I'm about being, it because now i'm being like judged people be trying to judge me for my preference of nationality of the male species so i mean you know what we're not gonna talk about it but that is my preference and that is my brand and if i have to use it then i will no i think rightfully so you know i was having a conversation with one of uh, my friends earlier and like you know she kind of always felt like she felt she, she would get judged or shamed for wanting and preferring a man that like makes money or something like right. that, you know? Right. And it's like, no, oh, I think that's fair to demand, you know? Like, and from, the thing is, wait, let me be honest speak on this because I think this is a very burning topic the thing right is, now, right? So I grew up very, I would say privileged to an extent where I was always taken care of. You know, anything that I kind of asked for, I got, whether my mom got me or my grandparents got it from your aunts and uncles or whatever. So I also grew up seeing the women in my family work, Yeah. right? So in my head, I naturally thought, you know, my parents are going 50-50, my grandparents go 50-50 because my grandmother works and she cooks and blah, 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 right? Not too long ago, actually, and I tweeted about this, not too long ago, I got vision with my mom, just mm-hmm. talking about like, you know, like how did daddy, because my father passed when I was younger, which if you're, if you're new or if you've listened before, just reiterating that. So my father passed when I was six. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really understand, like I saw their relationship. They were a beautiful couple. You know, they had the home, they bought the dream home, they had their two kids, you know, whatever, whatever, wife, father, all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, but I didn't really understand, because I wasn't an adult when they were together, because he'd passed, I didn't really understand like the deep dynamics of their relationship, like finances and things like that you know how could how did you afford to buy the house that you got before daddy passed and all that stuff so i had a conversation with her and in my head mm-hmm. even though my friends and i and their boyfriends always have this conversation about 50 50 right what's the point of having a man if you're gonna go 50 yeah exactly and stuff like, like that 50, and i'm always like you know like i'm never really opposed to 50 50 rent because that's how i thought that my mom used to do yeah, rent, yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah so the other day my sister and i were talking to him about like you know like so you know, when you and daddy got the house, like, like, how, like, how did you pay bills? And she was just like, what do you mean? And I was like, you know, like, how, like, did you, like, did you split the mortgage? And she was like, split the mortgage. And I was what like, kind of yeah. poverty you think Literally. we live in? And she was like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, like, who paid the mortgage? And she was like, your dad. And I was like, oh. so every month he paid the mortgage of the house. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, so what did you pay? And she was like, you know, light water got a hydro bill or two and i was just like damn like you know what i mean like i just i don't know i feel like 
now that because like I said, my parents have always been my relationship goals. Mm-hmm. Now I feel that's like that's that, amazing. More people, you should have your parents as your relationship goals. We'll, go, we'll also get into relationship goals. Oh yes, yes we will. But yeah, I feel like if you do, I understand a lot of people don't come from, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, families I, I where can, mom a, and dad were married and they had you. Some people, you know, their parents. Yeah. It was one night passion of love. Some yeah, a lot of people. Parents, it was they were teenagers and you know you never know. I think that's also a big testament to what people are like, you know, right. like the, the human being they develop into is the type of relationship your parents had and like what you saw and mm-hmm. what your perspective is on what a good relationship looks like. You exactly. Know? And for me, I had that, I don't want to say it's the standard, but I had that very like cookie cutter, like parents met. You had a good model. Yeah. So I had that whole like, you know, mom meets dad yeah. and dad chases mom because dad had a crush on mom and then mom finally says yes. And then they fall in love and then they get married. Dad was a real kids. nigga. And yeah. Like that <laughs> then they had kids two years later and then, you know, they had two kids and then they finally bought their house. And then obviously that was cut short for my daughter, for my father passing. But I definitely saw that that kind of cookie cutter, what everyone goes for lifestyle right in front of my eyes. So that's always been something to me where it's like, I don't look at anyone else, like celebrity, like mm-hmm. political, like I don't look at anyone as relationship <laughs> goals. My relationship goals have always been my parents. The And like people say, like, you know, a woman always, the first time a woman experiences love from the opposite sex is from her father, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And that's how people usually say that women navigate relationships later on in life is how they were with their father. Yes, absolutely. How that relationship was. I was 100% a daddy's girl. You know what I mean? My dad, like, honestly, I'm I'm gonna let you know, I was a daddy's girl through and through. Even though I used to dance, he was the one picking me up to dance. He was the dad waiting outside ballet class. He was the dad, you know, dropping me off. He was the dad putting on my tutu. He was the dad doing my bun. That's amazing. So We need more of these dads. Right? So when when I look at that, it's like, that is what I want in a man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, like, that love I had with my father, like, I was dying to go, I barely spoke to my mom as a kid. Like, I, not, like, in a really, bad eh? way, but, like, my mom and I, like, I was daddy everything. You guys have, like, a bad relationship, you feel no, like? No, 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 like, no, not at all. But, like, just, I don't know, like, I was just always gravitated to my dad. Yeah. And obviously, like, I love my mom, and, like, I do remember my mom in my childhood, but, like, I just, every memory I had before my dad passing was with my dad. I was literally attached to his hip. So... When now, as I'm older and I'm looking at those characteristics and I'm looking at, you know, that first love where you have opposite sex being your father, that was so positive and such a bright point of my life. It's like, now I understand how I navigate dating because I'm looking for similar characteristics that my father had in men that I want to, or men that want to date long-term or eventually marry or have kids with. Like, I want those similar characteristics. And some women who don't have positive relationships with their father end up dating men or going for men who may be less than what they should be looking for you know what i mean because not every not every man can be a father not every woman can be a mother yes so i also parents always create some issues depending on how you're raised i believe in nurture over nature likewise so you know i do feel though that the relationship with your parents definitely affects how you navigate relationships and that's just how i see it now so back to what i was saying that changed my perspective on the whole 50-50 rank. So I'm like, damn, like my dad, who, you know what? And, like, and why should I expect anything less from you bitch ass niggas? 
That too. That <laughs> if this too. is what my dad did, why should I think anybody should do less it's than odd, that? The yeah. thing is, and if you're a man who yeah. doesn't believe Women in that. Women get shamed for that, for right? thinking that. Yeah. And if you're a man who doesn't believe in that, that's for you. Yeah. But I'm letting you know, as Zoe, I was brought up in a household where my father, and even though I didn't know that at the time, he took care of most things financially. So why now, if that's what I've been shown in my life, and I've also seen the side of being an independent woman because my mother was a single mother for yeah, yeah. how many years? Yeah. You know what I mean? 18 years. She was a single mother. Yeah. So I, I see both sides of having that strong male figure and also being that independent single mother woman. You know what I mean? And that obviously wasn't by choice. But, like I said. I think a lot of, like, these men that are almost want women to, like, you know, not have a higher standard and stuff, you know, mm -hmm. may have come from a lot of those types of relationships where they didn't also have, like, you know, a right. good man to, like, look at, you know? Right. So they expect, they have, like, a warped view of perspectives, you know? Mm -hmm. a, a warped perspective on relationships. You know, I can... Definitely say to, um, you know, al although my, both of us have like different upbringings, you know, pr parents being of different races, you know, my, my mom is, is a Caucasian woman, my dad's from Trinidad, um, and they didn't, uh, like they've, they're divorced now and everything, and they didn't have like a good relationship, you know, right. they're, they loved each other, you know, and they wanted to be, which they still talk to this day, I, I can get more into that too, but um yeah, not, and I never really saw like a healthy relationship growing right. up, you know? And I feel like that as a grown ass man now, I can definitely see, you know, how that affects how I navigate relationships and how, you know, it affects dating for me in a negative way sometimes. Right. And then I can also see like how it gives me the strength and it's given me the knowledge to navigate it a different way too. So it's like, um, all the ain't shit like men and stuff like that, I feel like didn't have like a good example either. They didn't, they, they don't know that that's the standard that like that's what they need to be at you know like that's right. where they need to take it because um, they you know it's it's boohoo sad story black American right. dad story right <laughs> like it is it's, it's it's cliche yeah it's it's weird and I think and it's why we attach to like relationship goals and shit like that you know why right. we kind of put those things on a pedestal I feel like um, not to get cliche with it but as black people you know collectively you know we we our family unit you know there's the the, the family structure the traditional cookie cutter like thing like what you're saying isn't common for us right right so and you can you can read all the academic papers about the destruction of the of the black family and stuff like that and why it's not there and mostly it's the lack of strong black men right. you know black women are always there Right. You know, I, I feel like they're bearing most of the weight and stuff like that. So I, I feel like it's um, really a responsibility mostly up to black men at this point to, like, have that be more normal, right. what you're, what you're kind of saying. You know, like, you know, my dad was there picking me up on ballet. He was doing my bun and stuff like that. I, I, I feel like maybe it's just my unique perspective, too, and the people I've known growing up. But it's like, I, I feel like, damn, I should hear more of that. I, I, I don't know as that's less common right. for me hearing that, you know? So Yeah, and I mean, like, even, like I said, even looking at other relationships that I know personally, whether in my family or friends, it's like, there's just certain things that may occur mm. that I just see from the outside looking in. I'm just like, I don't even want that. And like I said, I don't, I don't think I've ever been in love, per se. Really? I mean, I think, like, I've, like, really, really liked 
men or my past <laughs> relationships, and I think I've been, you know, like super infatuated. But you've but never been in love. I don't think I've genuinely, because I also like I'm cliche. Like I believe like love never fails, right? So you feel like if you love someone, you're gonna love them for the yeah. rest of your life. Yeah. And so. all my exes, I don't give a fuck about any of them niggas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like I clearly didn't love Fair y'all. Enough. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was more just like in the moment, like infatuation, whatever, whatever. I feel like, have I gotten close to love? Maybe. But I also have to realize that not, I like like I said. Not everybody's this, worthy of that. Relationship goals and looking at other people's relationships and trying to mirror it is the most damaging thing that you can do if you are single and navigating dating. And I'm telling you this because not every love story looks the same. Not every love story is going to come with ease and not every love story is going to come with, you know, when I meet you across the bar and we fall in love, you never disappoint me. No, that's not. This is how men justify cheating, though, too. Why? <laughs> They'll be like, you know, not every relationship is perfect, you know? Like, I, I feel like... Um, not I, every I, relationship is perfect. I, I agree with this sentiment. I just feel like a lot of, like, maybe toxic people and stuff can conflate this with, like... Oh, you let a little bit of cheating damage your relationship yeah, and stuff, no. you know? Like, you no. know how people will take that and don't turn it that. into that? No. no but... For all the niggas who are doing that, don't <laughs> do that. Because that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. What I'm saying is, people need to realize that people are only going to show you... the. No one's posting the crazy shit that's happening in their life, most so, of the time. Social media is a highlight. No one's posting the sad story. Your family is not telling you what really, really, really goes on in their relationship. You know what I mean? They're not showing you, like I said, you never know what goes on behind closed doors, right? Like you can see a video of uh, Sweetie and Quavo and he throws oh, the snow in the too. air and stuff like that. that and was it looks Michael so. Michael B. Jordan. No, there's, there's, there's Quavo one too. Michael B. Jordan threw the snow in the air with No, 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 so did Quavo. Don't worry, it'll be, it'll be right here, <laughs> you know? <Okay. laughs> yeah, so anyway, if that happened, whatever. They're not my relationship goals, we'll get into, that's, whatever, that's them. But, like I said, see, people who maybe don't have real life relationship goals or examples are going to go All they have to go off is that. That. They're going to go off all, like the Beyonce and the Jay-Z, the Kim and Kanye who are also divorced, the Sweetie and Quavo, the Cardi and Offset, all trash examples, by the way, because we don't fucking know these people. Mm -hmm. We do not know the ins and outs. I don't even know the ins and outs of my uncle, my aunt and uncle's marriages or yeah. my cousin's marriages, you know what I mean? So how can I really mirror my relationship of something that I genuinely do not know from the ins and outs? I don't know what my grandfather forgave my grandfather or mother for doing and vice versa. You know what I mean? That is literally for you to know. I know myself that I won't be able to forgive cheating. So like, just because you see Cardi B forgive yeah, yeah, and hop yeah, yeah. in a Bentley with her name on it, is that going to change your whole perspective now? I'm telling you, it's detrimental. It is detrimental. Um, I think People need to know themselves. That's the problem. People need to know themselves. And know, like, what they're worth and, like, believe in that, too, you know? Because, um, and, and just know, like, what that takes. And I, I feel like I spoke on, like, my sort of situation with my parents, you know, um, them not having a good relationship, not them not having a healthy marriage, but like the love and the bond that they had between them, you know, like my, after they were separated and divorced for years and stuff, right. like my dad was sick and in the hospital. And then like my mother was the only person that would, you know, take him in and, you know, mm -hmm. nurture him and stuff. I'm like saying this, like saying a lot to, to I'm generalizing a lot, but um, basically like my mom had been divorced from my dad for, years and years and when he needed somebody to like 
basically teach him how to like w like walk again and be able to go to the washroom you know like he right. had some very serious health problems and stuff and like you know there's still all this baggage from like a bad marriage and stuff and my mom's there getting him you know you know his, his medical insurance and stuff like that getting him long-term care facilities and stuff and it's just like i realized um you know and, and, and my mom was like a strong woman and endured a lot in, mm -hmm. in, in her marriage and stuff. And still to have all of that, all this negative stuff happen. Um, also not to like put that on my dad, you know, like he, he had a lot that like he was, I guess, experiencing at the time too. But to, to, to have like a, a, a not healthy marriage and to not see him for years and then, you know, him kind of be in and out of my life and stuff like that, even for the time being, and then him get sick and my mom still be there for him like that it's right. just like i don't know what that love even feels like you know right. i've been in love i've had relationships where i've been in love with people i don't think i've ever loved somebody enough that like after them cheating or had or like you know uh, uh, in, an awful like relationship or something like that if i would still have the love to like tend and care for right. them for their well-being you know like mm -hmm. it's just a different kind of love and it's like you need to know, like, if, if you care about somebody well enough, especially as a man, right? Like, you got to provide for a woman. You're supposed to be a provider. Um, I believe that, you know? So if you're going to be taking care of a woman, you know, you're going to be paying for her bills and stuff like that. You really got to love All that. Most of the bills. <laughs> Most what of the bills you pay? Majority of the bills. What the bills? mortgage, the car note, you know, the big ones. You pay the car. Yeah, we'll take care. Yeah. You can get a one-two. You can get a one-two hydro Why? and stuff like that. No, <laughs> seriously. Um, but like, oh, you you need to really believe that your woman is worth that. You know, right. you need you you can't like half-ass this. You can't kind of like a girl and then get in a situation like that and then yeah. be mad that you have to pay bills for a woman and stuff. You know. Mm. So it's like, when I speak of that deep love, like, yo, do you love this woman enough that you're gonna want to actually provide for her? You know, right. and I feel like a lot of men jump the gun and stuff, right. and they don't. Uh, they don't. That's a good question. Do you love this woman enough that you'd want to provide for her? For all these men who refuse to be the man who pays 100% of the rent and blah blah, mm -hmm. blah. Do you think that you're just saying that because that's genuinely how you feel, or you've never loved a woman enough to be that person to be that provider for them? Exactly. Cause like, I I don't like the like at like, at surface level you don't like the idea of that having to pay for somebody else's life or anything like right. that. But I've been in relationships, I've loved somebody, and I've not wanted my girl to pay for the fucking bill or whatever. You right. know, I want to do that for her. I like doing stuff. I don't know if that's me. I'm a people They're pleaser call you too. A Really? I'm in pick me territory already. Wow. <laughs> um, no, I. That's the kind of person I am. I'm certified. <laughs> I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm Scorpio. I, I like, I like doing that. But um, you gotta, you gotta love your woman enough to do that, you know. Right. And don't get in. Don't put yourself in that situation if you know that that's not how you feel. Yeah. And with my pick me self. Like I said, the whole um, celebrity relationships being people's relationship goals and so on and so forth i like i said it's just it's damaging and seeing all that like sweetie and quavo shit play out and then like seeing all these women like yes girl like fuck the gifts blah blah it was like okay like here we are we're gonna run with this again exhausting now, now it's fuck the gifts and all that shit but when she was getting the birkins and she was twerking it was my man has to get me a birkin if this 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 and that I, I think that's really interesting too. Yeah. How but do you think these women are negative 
like role models to maybe women who are younger. A girl like Sweetie? A girl like Sweetie or like Cardi B or even Jada who they, you know, they're publicly. I, I Maybe that last woman you, I, I would kind of keep Jada? at it. Yeah, maybe, I, I don't know. I don't look at her as the same way as I see well, someone Jada's like. Well, Jada's little baby's uh, girl or baby mom or whatever. Yeah, little baby's baby mama. But like, I think Cardi and Sweetie are kind of in different territory, you know? I, I, I think they, uh, they're great examples. And I think, um, you know what? They're great examples for younger women? I, I think, yeah, in, ma in many respects. Um, I okay. think Cardi's kind of getting torn apart for her, her WAP performance on, on the Grammys right now, but I think... Uh, but I mean, like, are, do you think that they're good examples relationship-wise on how you think women... Actually, like, I feel like oh, it's hard like, to even say should navigate relationships. Um, I think the way that... Even though they shouldn't model them off celebrities in general, but do you think that younger women are looking at these women and seeing them, you know, get gifts and cars and all this stuff? Do you think that's changing? Or shifting that mindset also when it comes to like love languages and stuff like that mm. yo I oh. your love language is, and I'll let you know this right now your love language changes as you start dating more mm. and you start getting more exposed to different love language for example my love language was never like I never really cared for receiving gifts my love language was oh fuck what are all of them um, I don't fully understand the gifts thing, man. I so, don't. like, acts of service was, like, my number one. Yeah. And then, like, quality time, physical time. Well, whatever, quality time, but whatever, all that stuff. But, yeah. like, I always put receiving gifts last. Until I met a man who would buy me gifts. Who would send you Jordans. <laughs> Until I met a man who, you know, would get me gifts. He got me the ones, the Anyways, baby blues, jeez. Um... And I was like, oh, like, this is nice. Like, this feels nice because, like, one, it's, it's like, it's, maybe it's because I never had to ask for it mm -hmm. and I never asked for anything from him. Mm -hmm. Or, like, maybe, like, you know, like, you hint at certain things that you may like, but it's never, like, hey, like, can you get me this? Yeah. Or, like, hey, I really like this from you. I've never, I've never done that with any man. But I think receiving those nice things, you know, whether it's, like, a trip paid for or a bag or shoes. I think, yo, like, this It's is... nice to, like, feel like, okay, like, this person thought about me. It's okay for that to be your standard, and women right. get shamed for that not being their standard. Exactly. I think I'm getting into pick-me territory again, but <laughs> um, no, like, I, I think if that's what you're used to, and the type of men that you like are always doing that for you, then why the fuck should you, like, expect less? Right. I think that's the big theme, like, we're, we're, we're getting at like for I said, this. It's okay this episode. to have your love languages change yeah. as you start navigating new relationships. Like I said, I never really cared for receiving gifts. But now that I dealt with a man who, you know, got me things that was, you know, that I just, it wasn't like he got me, like, extravagant, like, Chanel, blah, blah, blah. But he got me, it's like, oh, like, this is, I really wanted this, I, and I, I like this. I'd like to dissect this a little bit, because I, I, I'm struggling to understand it. It makes sense, but then it's like, the whole gift-giving thing and that being your love language, like... So, so why is that like significant? Is it like the thoughtfulness of it? Because it, it, it seems like materialism is attached to the whole. Um, it can gift. get very materialistic. Yeah, it definitely can. Where is this distinction there? Where it's like, you know, if a man buys you like a like a really expensive bag, like that's what you want. But if a guy were to do something very thoughtful that isn't expensive or something, like what's something really corny and cheap, like the whole 52 card thing, writing something you like about her on every single card, on a deck oh, okay, of cards or something yeah. like that, or writing the letters, open this when, you know, like yeah. that's technically a gift and that's very thoughtful, but yeah. it's like, I don't know if that meets the criteria of what love language gift receiving is, you know? So like, how do you navigate, how does that work for you? 
for me, it's definitely more of the thoughtfulness of yeah. it. You know what I mean? Like, if it's not something I have to really, like, ask for, or if it's something that comes kind of, like, out of the blue, uh, or if it's not something where it's like, I fucked up, mm-hmm. here's a bag, or I fucked up, and here's a pair of diamond earrings. Like, that's different. Mm-hmm. If you're fucking up, receiving gifts is not my, like, there's no more love language. If you're consistently fucking up, you can't just buy me shit, and I'm going to be okay with it, right? If we're on really good terms, and it's a random date, and you send me two dozen roses, I like shit like that. Yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. going to make me feel good, you know what I mean? Or if it's like, hey, like, I know you really wanted these Jordans, you're posting them all over your story, like, <laughs> here they are. Or like, hey, like, you offered to get these for me and you couldn't get them, well, I got these for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's how I like receiving gifts. But if it's like, um, I fucked another girl last month. Yeah, 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 found yeah, out, yeah, yeah, yeah. And now you're pissed, but here's a Louis Vuitton bag or here's a Chanel bag, nigga, fuck you and your gift. Because that's what I associated with a lot. Because now that's how receiving gifts as a love language is being portrayed. It's, it's guilt. It's niggas fucking up. It's guilt. And yeah. women taking shit from them. Yeah. Right? And it's, it's shown in our faces through all these, what, celebrity-ass but, relationships. It's niggas fucking up. And even though half these relationships are business businesses, in my opinion, I don't think most of these relationships that celebrities have are real. I don't think Lori Harvey and Michael B are together. Oh, well, that's another topic. Yeah, it is. But, but like I said, it's the way that receiving gifts is shown as a love language through these celebrities is your nigga fucked up, it's public now, and now he bought you a Well, then to, to, to bring it back to one of the first things you asked, like, are these relationships, these public relationships, like, a good example for young girls? I think in that aspect, it... it, it can be negative, you know? Yeah. Girls can be like, okay, he can cheat on me, but as long as he buys me a Birkin after, you know, right. then we're good, you know? Um, and I and I think that can be a toxic uh, perspective that can stem from that. Right. Um, but I think, also, I don't know, you said Cardi and Sweetie. I, I think Cardi is a good example of like, and not right. not everybody's relationship's the same, you right. know? Yeah. Like not everybody, you know, she, her and Offset and taking Offset back and whatnot. Um, you know, I, some, so many women and men judge her for that, you know, and it's kind of like, you don't know like what's going on behind closed Mm -hmm. doors. They, they have, um, they have kids and and, and whatnot that that makes it different. Um, on the whole celebrity goals, relationships and stuff like that. Um, there's one thing that stemmed from this, the sweetie thing that I want to talk about that like. Actually, kind of like I'm at odds with. I feel like with, with with relationships. You know, when Sweetie tweeted and she's saying how, you know, I've kind of been emotion. I've kind of been emotionally distant for a while now right, and stuff. Right. She kind of expressed she, she that. She was emotionally clocked out, basically. Yo, women do that. Yeah. Like in a relationship, I find like at least a lot of relationships. Like in hindsight, I can look back and see that was definitely taking place where you know the woman like breaks up with you essentially like weeks and months in advance and it's like you're just and then as a man when it happens to you sometimes it's so blindsiding maybe you kind of have an idea of it maybe you don't but then it's like it just you're just confronted with it and then she's so 10 steps ahead of you she's already ready to go see other people and stuff and i just feel like oh that's such a like i don't know i don't know that's that's been something i've had to deal with before and i'm like damn like why like why women do that like right like always, uh, I, I'm not saying it is like a bad thing. Maybe men should start doing that, <laughs> but or no. maybe it, I bet people should stop doing that. Yeah, I feel like women can be a little bit, maybe a little bit more passive, and I feel like yeah. maybe women sometimes, you know, suppress. Like they might have that initial thought, like, oh, I really don't like this nigga anymore, mm-hmm. but then they suppress it, 
until yeah. it builds up, right? Yeah, they pretend like, okay, no, they give them more chances and yeah. stuff like that. Or, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. you know, the nigga fucks up and gives them something. You know, some women, like I said, they're, sometimes they can be more passive and they suppress all those feelings because they just received something nice or he did like this crazy grand gesture or he cried or whatever that looks like, right? <laughs> he cried? Yeah. A lot of girls, when niggas cried, they're like, oh my God, he cried. It's a game changer when a nigga cries. How do you feel when a nigga, when, a, when, a, when a dude cries in front of you? What's he crying about? Me? Something to do with you guys. Because uh... women also say too, like when niggas fuck up, they start crying and like that, like they threaten to kill themselves and stuff like that. Like I've never had a man threaten to kill himself. Well, okay, like let's also be careful with this topic too. Right. I guess, yeah. Right. Like, like, yeah. That is a toxic thing. Like yeah. that is very manipulative. Like right. a, a thing that men do. I just I, I see that being talked about a lot. Where mm -hmm. it's like you know uh, even men joke about it. Like I think both it, men. I've heard women doing that as well though. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I've definitely heard women you know threatening to harm themselves if you leave me or people can be nasty when relationships yeah. are manipulative. A thing. I think uh, I've seen this word more than I ever have in the last week. Gaslighting. You know, right. which is kind of like what they're saying Quavo did, right? And like, oh, uh, like. You're not the woman who I thought you were. Yeah, that, first of all, wow, man. <laughs> like, the audacity and the. The audacity. Like, we thought y'all one was a bar. Nah, that fucking. The thing is. <laughs> you're not who I thought I was. I like, also believe that men will be who you allow them to be, right? Yes. So when you start allowing fuck shit and when you start accepting things and forgiving certain things and not voicing your issues, a nigga's always going to use that. Yeah. If you don't know that you not texting her good morning every morning is pissing her off, what are you going to do? You're going to continue not to text her good morning every morning mm -hmm. unless she says something, right? Mm -hmm. But like I said, a nigga is going to be what you allow him to be. What you put up with. If you're gonna allow for a nigga to be ain't shit, he's always going to be ain't shit. And if you don't allow it, and he still ain't shit, then that's on you. That's on you. Fool me once, shame you have on to you. Take it. And like I said, not every love story is the same. Not every love story is rainbows and smooth sailing and all this great stuff and long captions. No one's ever gonna put in their Instagram caption, you know, like we he really fucked up in the beginning and we had a rough time. It's always gonna be, you've never disappointed me. Yo, you see you're men the, doing that though. Right? Yeah, exactly, that too. But it's gonna be like, you never disappointed me, you're the love of my life, you know what I mean, from day one. Like, yes, but there's, I promise you, like, just the way that natural human beings are, nothing is smooth sailing. I don't know, it, it hurts my heart when I see the dude with his girl and he's behind her and he's talking, it's the caption like, oh, we've been through some ups and downs right, and you know. Right. She's taking me back so many times, like, it's just, oh, I heard, like, are you not embarrassed, you know, like... Are you not embarrassed? Like, <laughs> like yeah. um, but I, I think that's, like, kind of the theme, is women are developing higher standards as they should and putting up with less, and I love, I, I love that for them. Hopefully. I, I, I like seeing that. I think we are. I think it's, it's a slow burner. Uh -huh. I think women are getting, because like I said, women, man, women just, we go through a lot. Well, yeah, like the the first thing we started. And I feel with, like we'll, yeah. we'll, as the season goes on, we'll talk to other men about this. But like, women are just we just a lot of shit we got to do. We have to have kids. You know, we're expected to do things. We bleed once a month, and that shit's painful as fuck. 
that yeah I, I have no idea what that's like but um you know we get paid less yeah there's sexually assaulted and that happens to men too but not as much as happens to women yeah i i just think it's like men need to understand when, when men try and be obtuse and like deny this stuff right. i think is like the issue you know and it's i think it's on other men to be to call that shit out you know right. and be like nah nigga you're you're wrong and stuff i i we need more of that men need to understand like genuinely the difficulties of being a woman and when we can get to that point then we can start having better conversations but men i think there's a lot of men who genuinely don't understand and yes, you know, I'm a feminist and I believe in equality of the sexes, but just the way the world has worked, men have to understand that we can never really reach equality because at some, in some point, yeah. women will always be deemed as inferior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what would you like to see men... Oh, I, this is such a, you know, oh, it's like, cliche. yeah, yeah. What can men do better? Because I also really believe it's not on fucking women to like right. police men. Well, like not tell them how to be better to women, you right. know, like I feel like it's on us to, to figure out. But like, what would you like to see men doing differently then, I guess? Just simple understanding. Yeah. It's, for me, at least, it's that simple. You have to understand the thoughts that women have to have when they're walking alone on the street. You have to understand the thoughts that women have when their bodies are changing because there's a human growing inside of them, right? Women literally give life, even though it's half a man, you know? No, nah, women give life, it's all women. We do give life, yes, even though you do, you, you shoot up the club and fertilize the egg. I feel Withhold like, your hand while you're yeah, going. Yeah, like, to see like, me now being 24 and fairly fit, just the thought of me seeing my body change physically and having a human grow inside of you, men need to understand what that feels like. And you would never completely understand because you'll, you'll never go through it, but you'll have to understand how they may feel, like how that may affect yourself. See, hormones are a crazy fucking thing, Yeah. right? And oh, as we, a woman, we know. exactly, and as a woman, your hormones are constantly changing from your menstrual cycle. That happens every month. And then your hormones are changing from when you're fertile and when you have kids and when you give birth and all that stuff, right? And then when you go through menopause, hormones are constantly fluctuating as women, right? That can have an effect on you in a great deal. Men just need, to, I just need more understanding, right? Um, That's all it is. It's just literally understanding and recognizing the differences of being a man versus being a woman, the privileges that yeah. being a man can have. Yeah, I think, um, well, it's like, as a man, I feel like you can, if, if you're aware of, if you're hyper aware of those types of things, you'll almost learn like a new thing every day. You'll, you'll see a, a different thing every day. Um, something I saw that I think is progressive that people were kind of talking about um, how they're putting sexual education in like, as young as like age eight or something like that, like very young, like, or they're putting right. it in kindergarten or something. Right. And I just feel like that is, maybe, I don't know, maybe you feel a way about that, but I think that's kind of something that like, is good, you know? You should be introducing, you know, sex ed at a very young age. And that doesn't mean like sex and penetration and all right. that kind of shit. It's like labeling body parts, understanding what's normal, those hormone type things, right. you know, understanding, you know, how that, how that can affect a, a human being, a woman. Um, so I think that's a, uh, a, produ a productive thing that's going on. Yeah, and I agree with you. Even though, like, my aunt, she has a, oh, 
my god, how old is he? Thirteen year old son. He's gonna be fourteen. Mm. Um, and she was like upset. She was like, oh my god, they're gonna start talking to him about like this stuff. You know, back when he was younger. Like, oh my god, they're introducing like all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, they need to start teaching kids about this stuff from a younger age. Some girls have their period as early as nine years old, eight years old sometimes. You know how frightening that is. Men, no. Exactly. You remember, <laughs> like, as a woman, like, you're, for, at least for me, like, my first period, I was like, oh, fuck. Like, this shit's real. Because you learn about it in school, right? And they tell you, you know, you're going to bleed once a month, and, you know, sometimes you may have cramping, and it can range from mild or non-existent to extreme. Yeah. You'll have backaches. You'll have cravings. You'll break out. Mm-hmm. Your hormones will be out of whack. Sometimes your flow may be... Oh, I'm getting really deep, sorry. Sometimes you no, know, but this your is what body, we need to know. whatever, whatever, right? They teach you all that shit. Okay, cool. So it's going to happen to me one day. The day that actually happens yeah. is a completely different story from what you learn in school, which yep. is why I think it should really be put into girls' heads, you know? This is what to expect. Because the day it happens, and you're going to have this shit for the rest of your life until you go through menopause or until you have a child... I, I, I think what's so damning about that, too, is, like, when you think about these Pads things, and tampons should be free. Pads and tampons, you know. Tam- I didn't ask to do this. You know tampon was a male invention. That oh, was a it? A man invented the tampon. And then it's just, when you think of, like, the concept of a tampon on paper, it kind of makes sense, you know? Like, right. I, I feel like a pad seems, makes more sense. You know, you don't have to, you know, there isn't all that <laughs> stuff. Maybe I can get a good visual to put right here. I I don't need to go in too depth about that, but it's like it just seems like a man's solution to a woman's problem. Plug it up. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to see it. Um, Absorb that shit from the jump. And like, I I, I think, you know, if we're talking about understanding, um, I think that having like the perspectives men have on women body parts, sex, and stuff like that is bleeds into our relationships and how we treat women every day. And something we kind of saw in the media, going back to the Quavo and Sweetie thing, was, uh, you know, Sweetie made a comment about, you know, what her preference for uh, a threesome would be. And she's saying, you know, if I'm having a threesome, uh, I I want you to call, like, your homie, you know? I I prefer two guys, you know? And this is actually, I want to address this because... I've, I, maybe this is my first episode co-hosting. We've had this conversation, yeah. but not you. But we've no, had no, no, I, I, I had a mic. This was the first time I ever had a mic, you know, oh, okay. and we had a conversation about trains and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I kind of said that classic misogynistic thing that guys always kind of think that, like, ah, oh, nah, two guys and a girl, that's a train, you know? There's right. no way that that could be a threesome. Right. Um, and, you know, I feel like since, I, since that and, you know, this sweetie thing, and I've thought about it more, you know, I, I feel like that perspective that I had was wrong, you know? Like, obvious, I, I think... Look at you unpacking. Yeah, yeah, like, this is what we're doing, right? This is Relentless Diaries, this is what we're here for, you know? And I think that's, um, that's an easy misogynistic thing for, for guys to fall into. Like, I used to ha- think that, nah, you know, two, two girls and a guy is a train, when, nah, obviously, there can be group sex with two guys and a girl, you know, and that doesn't mean it's a train. And I think the reason men think that is the way that we uh, think about sex. It's something that we do to a woman, you know? It's something that we achieve and it's very, like, it's like very selfish, you know, when sex is a very mutual thing. It's a team sport, you know? It's a team sport, you're right. So um, I I, I think uh, the whole understanding of women will change things like that, the way we have perspectivize, I don't think that's a word, sex, you know? Um, But you can have a threesome with two guys and a girl. 
Right. Two guys and a girl. Yes. Two guys and a girl. That doesn't make it a train. MMF. Male, male, female. Jeez, you know your so. you know your Pornhub categories, right? <laughs> eh? a, I just saw that on Twitter once, and I was like, "What's MMF?" And they were like, "Male, but I'm like, okay." I don't know. That I sounds very Pornhub-esque. Yeah, like I feel like just, it is. You know. I've never uh, seen a male, 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 female. You know, maybe if if I have any hot take about that concept, I I personally think this is just you know. But I feel like the thing is also because men and uh, homophobia, yes. men are just scared to get naked in front of another man. Well, here here's this is where I was going with. Okay. Okay. <laughs> is that just? Which is why they call it a dream, right? I guess right. I personally, I don't think I could be involved with either things. Like I couldn't, I couldn't run a train a or be guy? or be in a threesome. I couldn't do either you one. You never had a threesome. With with two girls and 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 me, no, yeah. I just I'm not I, I don't have it like that yet. I <laughs> yet, so you would be open. Oh, to I'd having be a threesome with, with two girls, but not a man and a woman. Yeah, I'm me, not. Pu- I'm not. And let me you. And no, and let me and let me get there and explain that too. I don't think it's something of like for myself. I don't think it's an element of homophobia. I personally just feel like I wouldn't be comfortable with another man naked in the room. Like genuinely, that would just put me off. That would make me very very uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't think, like, that's just how I feel. Right. Uh, some other men can can be hard at the same time as another guy in the room, and they okay. can see that, and that won't be an issue for them. Right. Does that mean you're gay? No, you know, yeah. but I, I couldn't get with that, you know, for, for, like, that reason. I couldn't be in the same room as another man naked and be stimulated and stuff. That, okay, be stimulated, okay. That couldn't, that couldn't take place for me, so a train, a threesome, I can't, I, I couldn't be... Couldn't take part. I'm exclusive to, to just two women. So if, if you, I were to do a threesome, which is pretty ambitious, I think too. Two women—that's a lot to. I don't think it's ambitious. I know a lot of ugly niggas who've had threesomes. Oh, I no, I, I, I could pull it off. I'm, I'm not saying it's <laughs> impossible. I'm just saying you can't half-ass that. You gotta come here ready with your game. That's very true. I just think. Um, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've never. I don't really want to even talk too much about this, like yeah. personally. No, I know. I, That's, I, I had to unpack I what, what I listening. said, you know? Yeah. But I've never, like, had a actual threesome. I've had, like... You've, you've scratched the surface of it. <laughs> you've checked some boxes, but didn't I've meet the done, full criteria you know, like and stuff. Little, like, you got uh, called back for the interview, but didn't get the full job. Not you know? that! <laughs> but, you know, I've had, like, situations where, you know, there was, you know, maybe a girl was... Also there. I've never had sex with a woman and a man or two men and me ever, like simultaneously. That's never happened. But there's been Have I, you know, been in a three type of situation thingamajig? Yes. Ah. Um but How was that? Was it a good experience? Did you enjoy it? Would you do it again? Um I was really young, yeah. and I don't really think, like, I don't know. Because the thing is, like, I love women. Mm, me too. Um, but, like, I'm not, like, sexually, like, if I see a really pretty girl, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this girl's so beautiful. Like, I'll gasp. I'm like, girl, you are so fucking pretty. Like, your ass is so fat. I fucking love your boobs. Let me touch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I don't get turned on. Like, my okay. pussy doesn't jump when I see a nice pair of titties. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah I just yeah, yeah. love seeing girls with nice titties. Yeah. But I'm not getting turned on when I see nice titties. I think, I think this I'd is... want to touch them, though. And I'd want to smack your ass because it's fat. 
but I don't want to, I'm not getting yeah. turned on. That, that, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's why women can like platonically uh, like kiss each other or make out. Right. Like, you know, two straight women can make out with each other. And like, even my friends, like I've been naked around my friends all the time. Yeah. Yeah, like, like we've we've traveled together, been in hotel rooms, we've had to you know get naked in front of each other because we're changing or whatever, whatever. We don't give a fuck. I and, and I think the reason we that we all have the same body parts. that differs from men because literally women are fucking amazing. Like women right. are just very beautiful, elegant. Uh, I don't want to say creatures that would defeat everything I said before I'm that, dead. but you know women are very beautiful, are so beautiful and elegant that right. a straight woman can recognize just how beautiful women. Like you're saying that, you know, like what 100%. you're saying, um, so that. That could happen. Two two straight girls could make out and it could be a thing. Men aren't that beautiful and elegant. I can't <laughs> I can you know, I could see Michael B. Jordan and Idris Alba and I and as far as it can go, I can be like, you know, I see why girls like that they those two guys. You know? Men. Those those they seem like guys that yeah. that women would be attracted to. Could I make out with another guy platonically? No, that would never happen. That could never take place ever. You know what I mean? Right. Like so and I think that just goes back, not no homophobia or anything, that just goes back to the fact that women are just way more graceful, elegant, and beautiful than men. <laughs> <laughs> That's why two straight women can make it. Fair. But yeah. That's my perspective. That's my perspective. No, I think, I think that's a fair perspective. And like I said, um, yeah, I also feel like if I ever were to engage in a threesome, like an actual like sexual threesome, it would... I don't think I could do it with my men. And I've always said that. I don't think that's something that I could do with like the man that like I like my, like I love this man. I don't think I, I don't think I'd be able to That's do a that. good point. It does seem like something you do when you're young and you're not in a I'm also solid... like a little bit crazy. <laughs> you get jealous? Not even jealous, just like, no, fuck you. Like, no, don't fuck her. And I don't wanna see it. You know, you say, I've never had a threesome. I've had bare opportunities for a threesome right. and didn't because of this reason. Is that like I'm in a relationship, and it's right. like, I feel like this would kind of mess it up, you know? With a girl, another girl? Yeah. Right, okay. It's like, I don't know if we're at, I don't know if we're so comfortable with each other that we could introduce something like that. And right. I feel like if we tried to introduce something like that too early, then it would fuck things up, you know? Fair. Yeah, so if you're going to do threesomes, got to be, think that shit through. Yeah, and I've had girls, like, try to do stuff with me, and I'm just yeah. like, because people people can be predatory like with that you know like couples and even like when right. they like when I've they seen try them to, like um, what's it called like what's the word I'm looking for swing swingers no when they try to like scout yes like, scout women for threesomes and On all that stuff ti and tiny energy. exactly yeah exactly. Th those are allegations yeah <laughs> um that 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 stuff's crazy yeah <laughs> but all in all. People need to unpack that there are threesomes that are male, and we spoke about this before on previous episodes. Where I was male, wrong, and I'm unpacking and now. You're unpacking that. That I male, have. Male, female is a is, threesome. Is it? Yeah, that can female, be a threesome. Female, male is also a threesome because I maybe because men think that the man, like maybe because they think that the men aren't having sex, that it's a train. What do you is mean? Is that why? Because usually, in a th okay, because like female, ugh, maybe in a threesome, because like when there's two women and a man, you know, the girl's eating the girl out, vice versa, the guy's fucking both of them. Yeah. That's sex three ways, right? Yeah, yeah Maybe yeah. the girl has a toy, she's yeah. using it on the other girl, vice versa. That's technically three-way sex, because that's also how um, same-sex sex work between women. Yes. Right? It's yes. dildos and strap-ons and All that good oral, stuff. All that good stuff. <laughs> 
Uh, but maybe when it's male male, because the two men most likely aren't, aren't interacting and having sex or like kissing with each other, they're just basically fucking that girl. Maybe that's why it's considered a train, even though it's still a threesome. I, I and maybe there yes. are men who are bisexual who are doing that. I've heard of I that. I don't know. That that is um. A very interesting concept that I think think is <laughs> I hear less about. That is very interesting concept. No, it's interesting. Like it's uncommon. <laughs> that, that that's I that's wow. You know, <laughs> like holy, you you're bold. You know? No, <laughs> my god. No thing. But, I, the concept of a bisexual man too is pretty. It's different than 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 a woman. You know. I feel like it might, which I've also learned and unpacked. I feel like it might be harder to be a bisexual man. Yeah, yeah. Than it is to be a bisexual woman. You've you've gotten into this on Twitter. Before. Yeah, we're not gonna get into it today. That's, the, that's what the fuck we're not gonna do. But I also I, I think that you know without getting too much about like what you've said about it before, you know, I think it's okay for a woman to be like, oh well. Yeah. Actually, I don't know. Next if it's, topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's. Next topic. I don't know. Guys. I don't know about that one actually. We need to have more. Yeah. Let's, uh, <laughs> we need to have more wine, and we need to have more people. Uh, on this topic, because I've had to yeah. unpack the situation as to why people may feel that way, which is fair, and which is valid arguments as well. Yeah, I, I, I think let's leave it there. I don't know if I'm the person to be making these distinctions. And, we're and both stuff heterosexual like people, so it might be hard for us to speak on experiences yeah. of, of a community that we're not a part yeah. of. Yeah, I would, I would love to speak to someone who has way more insight on this that yeah. is their life, you know? Um, but we'll leave it, we'll leave that yeah. right there. But I mean. Shout out to everybody's sexual preference. Exactly, that, you know. shout out to all the, all the pairs. <laughs> shout out to all the people who. Sexual preferences aren't fruit, Zoe. Stop comparing people's sexual preferences to fruit. It's not pears and oranges. Shout out to everyone who wants to fuck who you want to fuck. That's, yeah. that's how life is. But, you know, like I said, we're mid-March of 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, it's season two of the Relentless Diaries. We have great things planned. It was 15 degrees today, and it hasn't right. been that warm for a long time. Good so. things are coming, and you know, I definitely, I feel like every month is something new. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just to kind of quickly just touch on, I would say, I don't know, I don't want to go political, but you know, social issues um you know while we were away the Meghan markle thing happened which yes. we haven't we didn't touch on because we weren't recording in real yeah. time um but i was all uh, i was salivating yeah. like wanting to talk about right that the Meghan markle situation happened and then right now we also saw um recently the lives that were taken of eight asian individuals i don't know if all victims I, were asian i, I think, think there was six right six of them six. but they were all women yes and i think that's another main part of the Right. What were the the movement right now and everything? Um, right. Anti Asian racism right. is a very big issue yeah. and something that kind of gets glossed over. Maybe because that you know there's a lot of oppressed uh, demographics of people. You know, right. obviously black people being at the forefront a lot of those conversations. So I th- think a lot of the time, um, and I've had Asian friends express this to me that you know. Their, their issues and their struggles and their play kind of gets put on the back burner sometimes. Um, at least they this is how they feel, you know? Right. Um, maybe maybe that's not a fair way to, to say how, to articulate how they feel, you know? Right. But it's like, um, a lot of the time people are talking about black issues, right? And especially with the Black Lives Matter movement that happened right. recently. So, um, 
But but then when these atrocities happen, you know, it's kind of something that we can't gloss over and is something that is very rampant. You know, I uh, so many of my of my Asian friends said the treatment that they got just in society was different after coronavirus became more 100%, rampant. And 100%. it's just um, the way people associate that with um, associate the coronavirus with Asian people is very similar to I feel like when 9-11 happened and so many people associated uh, Muslim people and right. Middle Eastern people, yeah, which is you know wrong and racist and, and, and bigoted to to think that. So we're seeing that manifest right now with these these atrocities, and uh, I think um, this is probably the more difficult part of the conversation. I think there's a lot of Black people who are very strong and adamant about Black issues. So right. when they're also you know, they're looked at as maybe an activist or someone who's always outspoken about issues. They're asked to, you know, you know, what about Asian issues? You know, why aren't you speaking about this? You know, and then, you know, I've seen I've seen a few perspectives where it's kind of like black people will um, they'll kind of be like, look. Yeah, like Asian issues like are a thing, but they'll they'll kind of bring up the conflicts that black and Asian people have have had, you know, right. and they'll kind of, you know, introduce that to that conversation that we're having about anti-Asian hate. And then I feel like that is, that's a valid concern, you know? Like, it and, and it's something that us as black people go through. Um, but I think it can, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to be neutral bringing it up, you know? Right. I, I think it can be, it can make things difficult sometimes, you know? I've seen a lot of back and forth. I've seen a lot of uh, clashing and conflict, like at that part of the conversation, you know? Where black and Asian people being united um, and black people, I think NBC put out an article saying, uh, yeah, yeah. Black, yeah, how, how can black people be better allies, right? right? And I think that was the catalyst for, for this conversation, um, at least on social media, you know? So, yeah, what do you, how, how do you feel about all that? Um, my thing is, as a person who is pro-black through and through, as a person who is very publicly pro-black, yes, and a protector of the black community, I would say that I would, like, first of all, I stand with any community, minority community that has faced, you know, mass murder or any type, being oppressed by white supremacy in general. The enemy is white supremacy at all times. That to me, that's, that's what we're there. dismantling. Yeah. yeah, the whole, the enemy always is always white supremacy for me, right? That white supremacy, not white people, yeah, white supremacy. Exactly. We're clear. making that distinction very clear. Because I want people, the very, like I said, the, the enemy is not white, white people. Yeah. That's not what I said. Not white people. The enemy is white supremacy. Yes. yes. That is the enemy, right? Just so we're clear on that. Thank you. So, like I said, also me being pro-black and me also seeing, you know, there's anti-black racism in all minority communities, right? Let's, yeah. let's, let's keep it a buck here. Colorism is rampant in other cultures that aren't even black and African exactly. people, you know? And definitely rampant throughout the Asian community, yes. right? Yes, yes, facts. And colorism in the Asian community also fuels anti-blackness. Facts. Right? So my thing is, I will stand in solidarity with any minority community that faces oppression from white supremacy. Facts. But we need to realize, as minority groups, what real solidarity looks like. Yeah. Because solidarity doesn't look like coming together just because a certain minority group is now the victim of the month, right? We need to come together at all times. That means unpacking, unpacking 
anti-black racism in your community and what that looks like. It's unpacking the racial insensitivity that happens in your community against black people, right? Black people are usually the people who are bottom of the totem pole when it comes to the races, right? Yep. Anti-blackness happens in all communities yep. because it's fueled by colorism. Yep. So until we can come into solidarity where other minority groups are unpacking anti-black racism, this will always be this something will always we bring be up. An issue. And yeah. it's something that black people do have the right to always be weary of. I agree with and that. And I yeah. would never, ever, ever, ever encourage a black person to completely turn their back on a community just because, oh, well, what about, uh, yeah, it's also what about, it's also, okay, you know what, I will support your community, mm. but just remember that your community also needs to unpack this, right? And I think it's fair to bring those things up. Maybe not in the same... It's, just, it's doing the work. Yeah. The, right. I, I, I think... Um, and not just doing the work when it's beneficial to you. Yeah. When it's not convenient. When it's, you know, there's a... Yeah. It's all over the news and stuff. Uh -huh. I, I really agree with that. Um, and think... Uh, yeah, like, I, I couldn't have worded it better. I stand with all groups, too. But I think it would be... It's... it. This will always be something attached to that you know like right. um it's good it's hard to bring up you know all that stuff without being like yeah you also need to unpack what's going on in your own culture and community mm -hmm. too and i think some of the like discourse or the conflict was like hey like why bring that up or something right after such an awful thing happened right. you know like isn't there a better time maybe to have this conversation There's never a better time yeah and i and i think that's that that's a point that i think needs to be articulated not in a combative way not like nah fuck you like yeah. we need to also talk about this at the same time it's like no like th this is conversations that need to be had this is work right. that needs to be put in you know so um and why are the white supremacists never highlighted in these conversations yeah like, like that's why thing too. turn the dial Turn the dial now. It's not about how black people be better allies. How the fuck do we stop privileged white people who use their whiteness to build a supremacy against us? How do we stop that? That shit like bothers me so much. Cause it's like now you got Asian and black people fighting and arguing with each other when it was like NBC, who is a very historically like can Racist, go yeah yeah right? we we can we can go on and on about NBC and things that have happened with them. Um, but it's just like. You know, it's like them pitting two minority groups against each other, and it like That's that. What it was. That shit bothers me so much, and it's like, I was talking about this with with my mom, with my white mom the other day about. It almost bothers me more, like racism is such a prevalent thing, and as a black person, you're confronted with it all the time. So right. it's like almost like a given. You're never gonna not have racism, but like. Racism to me is like a very big human error. It's it's ignorance. You know, someone who is racist had that in their upbringing, you know? They learned that from somewhere and it was drilled into their head, you know? Or for whatever, I can't unfathom why someone is racist. It's almost like a mental illness, you know? Right. Um, but then when people are obtuse and people are born are in this era and generation and you see the Black Lives Matter movement, you see all this information that you are being presented with and you still have the audacity to be able to like, well, what about, like, you know, but all lives matter, pretty much. You know, when yeah. people just deny and are obtuse about racism, almost bothers me more than racism. Like, woefully, right. like, ignorant racism. Because it's like, you're you're doing more thinking. You're going farther out of your way, almost. Someone who's, like, really racist is, 
that they were raised like that. Like right. they, it, it was almost inevitable. But like I, I don't know, the people pretending and like not as if they don't know better is is what bothers me. I think the most about this. About these topics. Yeah, like I said, it's very, like I said, it's very simple. It's, well, not very simple, but it is, what does real solidarity looks like, and who is the actual enemy? It, it is simple, actually, when you put it like that. Like, what you're saying, I think is simple, you know? It's white supremacy, that's the enemy, let's stop fighting with each other, but, like, let's also not pretend like they're, these conversations aren't real and stuff that we have to mm -hmm. have. Um, yeah. yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and I think... Um, even in the black community, we have so much unpacking to do, even. Yeah. Even, like, with Meghan Markle. Yeah, I was about so, to go there. You know, some people, I know people who, you know, they say, I don't believe her, and there's no way that she didn't know about the royal family and how their whole family was based on colonialism and racism and all that Oh, stuff. you were about to marry into the racist family. Yeah, now exactly. you want to... That conversation, right? yeah, that narrative. Now, yeah, what, you what think? I believe... Is that I don't I don't think they knew that it was gonna be that bad because Meghan Markle is and also oh yeah let's get into this we can also speak about go ahead go ahead no uh, it's, it's okay that I'm white can say it go ahead but we can speak about white passing white passing yes and like the one drop rule yeah yeah and yeah stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah. right I read a really 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 good article just kind of going into the history of the one drop rule and explaining you know how it came about and all the terms that were used for mixed race individuals back during slavery lots like, of ugly history attached yeah, right? to being mixed a lot and of all ugly that stuff one drop rule you know so when i read that article i had to really think okay so me being because my thing is i've always considered any person who was half black as black. Yep. That's just how I used to think. You know, oh, if you're black, you're black. You know, you got black in you, you're black. That's really not yeah. technically, I would say, fair. Because, yeah. right, think of Meghan Markle, for example. She, in her head, and I, I'm very assuming, this is me looking from the outside in. Out, looking from the outside. Yeah, looking from the outside in. Um, I think that her and Harry didn't think it would be that bad because, one, she's biracial, and two, she's pretty white passing, right? I think so, at least. That's my opinion. I think she's a fairly... I think that's a fair statement. She's a white passing... Um, she can be mistaken for a white woman. She could receive yeah. not even just light skin privilege, full white privilege right, at times. Right? That could happen. So you know? she is a biracial woman who is... Um, yeah, white passing, I would say, right? So... Also, for us to look at... Like, I have a lot of friends who are biracial, right? Who have white mothers or whatever. For me to ex like say that they are what up, Dre? <laughs> Dre's not. Dre's not light skin. Dre's light skin, but no, I, that's an assumption. I'm just saying. You, you said you had light skin friends, so I'm saying. I'm what up like to my Dre? friend like Cam and like Cache. Like they they have white mothers, right? Oh, I don't know. You don't know them. I I don't know. I know. I know. But I, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm beeping that out. Yeah. Jesus Christ. But uh, listen to the wine getting me exposing myself. I'm dead. I just said Dre because I, I look at Dre as a, as a fellow light skinned guy. But I don't know what his parents are, if he's biracial or anything like that, you know. So we'll have him on again. Shout out to Dre. Yeah. I'm dead. We'll have but, anyways, so when I look at my biracial friends, mm -hmm. um, for me to call them black, it, I'm also I'm also feeling like I'm they're literally half black half white right yeah. like I like my friend Cameron for example her mother is a white woman she's like my second mom 
So for me to call her a black woman, like I feel I feel like I would be completely dismissing her half white side, right? Okay. Which I think it's fair that if someone is biracial, for them to be considered biracial, right? People should be allowed or should feel comfortable to say that they're biracial without diminishing their blackness. Yeah, yeah. Because Cameron yeah, yeah, yeah. is half black. You are half black. Yeah. You should be able to say, I'm a biracial man yeah. without people diminishing your blackness. You are half black. Yeah. You shouldn't have to say that I'm a black man Well, yeah. for that, that to be pushed, right? Because you have a white mother at the end of the day. That's half of you. And this is the a lot mother, of... The person who carried you is white. And this is a, a big thing in, with, with light-skinned biracial people, right? Is like our blackness not being recognized and right. stuff like that. Um, I think, you know... Being someone who's of that demographic, obviously, being biracial, having a white mother, um, I think the reason that a lot of this can be a gray area and so much can get misconstrued is because there's a lot of mixed people, there's a lot of biracial people who, like, I, I think identity has, like, a big part of it, you know? And right. there's a lot of mixed people who don't look at themselves as a black person. And I think, like, what you were okay. saying, Meghan Markle may not exactly recognize herself the first thing as a black woman, you know? Right. She recognizes herself as a mixed person, as a biracial person. I right. hear a lot of mixed people say that to me. I, you know, you, you ask a mixed person what they are and they, they'll say, I'm mixed. Or they'll say, right. I'm biracial, you know? Right. Um, and then you talk to other mi uh, mixed people and it's like, no, I'm a black person. I'm a, I'm a mixed black person or I'm a black yeah, person. Mixed black that person. also happened. Yeah. Now, um, my, personally, how I navigate that and like my own experience, um, I grew up. I'm, I'm. I grew up in Oakville mostly. You know, right. a lot of my uh, childhood took place there, which, in the early 2000s, was was a pretty white area. You know, right. I grew up around a lot of white people. So my experience, I wasn't like I didn't feel like I was mixed or half. You know, I felt like I was treated like like I was like a black person. People looked at me as like a black person. They didn't. Right you know, make that distinction that I was, a, that I had half white, you know? Okay. I, I felt like I was always recognized and looked at as a black person and treated like a black person. Um, literally until probably high school. I didn't, I feel like I don't think I ever got the distinction of, oh, you're half too. Um, so to me, I always feel like I've had that experience. So when people ask me like, what are you? I, I say I'm, I'm black, you know? Right. And then I, okay. and that's first to me. And then it's like, I also am mixed, like I'm not, yeah. Ignoring that, but like I, that's that's how my identity works for me. I identify as a black man, who's who is mixed, because personally, but you, I, so I don't. You have to be biracial though. Like you I, have I to am. Identify as biracial. I I just don't under like that doesn't resonate. But I understand with me. why it's hard because you grew up in an area that was I safe to say majority white, but and they looked yeah. at you as black right away because. But to me, I don't like. I don't, like, it doesn't resonate with me calling myself mixed or biracial. Like, that, to me, that's just, like, a circumstance. Like, to me, um, like, I, I happen to be mixed. Like, I, I'm trying to, like, think how, like, I articulate this. Like, I, I fuck, man, this fucking one. No, I think the black community needs to stop picking and choosing who we consider black when they're actually biracial and we yeah. need to be more welcoming to you know black people do mix out of their race quite often yeah and it's okay for black people to be biracial but they're still 
they're still half black. Yeah. But it's okay to identify as biracial and still recognize that they are half black. Like that quarter black. That's the thing too. I think there's like a lot of mixed people that maybe only grew up with their like white parent or something in their white family. So like that's what they recognize with. To me, sorry, what I'm like, what the wine's making me struggle to remember. Um, to me, being mixed isn't a race. Being biracial isn't a race to me. Like, I, But you in, are made up of two races. I, I am, but like to, to me, like on your birth certificate or something, it's like... Biracial. Does it say mixed? Like, on my, I don't think it says mixed on my on my birth certificate. It should I, say biracial. I, I, okay, yeah, but I don't know. I There isn't like a... A mixed lives matter. Like, we would never say something like that, you know? Like, no, I don't... I. I I, I understand, like, it's different. Be, and the experience of being a mixed person is different than being a full black person or a 100%. full white person, right? Yeah. Like, I think there's a unique experience with that, too. But I think um, identity is what's most important. Like, and I, I think we need to, under, as a black community, we need to understand the differences or the experiences that biracial people I, I, I think so too, but I think biracial people literally, I think mixed people literally take that shit too far when they try and make, oh, I was the only mixed person and they made fun of me for being sensitive or something like that. They made light skin jokes about me. So like, you know, that's like my version of colorism and race. That's how I experience racism. To me, like, no, shut the fuck up. That's not the same thing. Being mixed and getting made fun of for being mixed or being, you know, the classic light skin jokes or whatever, that is not the same as experiencing colorism as a dark skin person, you know? Right. I hate, I personally really don't like when, when biracial people conflate those two things because I don't think they're the same while it is like it is something that I think should be treated with like you know like you should you should consider like that what you're saying the experiences that light-skinned people have but I think uh, I think sometimes like the right amount of energy should be given to it and I think uh, that that's something I, I think is an issue because I I don't know I just see lots of mixed people and light-skinned people and I feel like they just articulate this so bad and they make themselves like it's like, oh, well, I, you know, I experienced colorism because people made fun of me for being mixed. And then, and then there, there is the real way colorism seeps into that where, like, you know, you'll hear light-skinned girls be like, oh, they hated me because I was pretty and stuff like right. that, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I think that's such a big issue. And part of the reason where people are associating and identifying themselves as mixed and it's like, I don't, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I think it just needs to be very simple. Yeah. If you are made up of two races, you are biracial. I'm a black woman. I don't have a white parent. I don't have a parent from Indian descent or Asian descent. I'm not biracial. Yeah. I'm black. It should be okay for people to just identify as what they are. And I don't think communities should get to pick and choose who we consider black and who yeah. we consider biracial. Yeah. If you are biracial, you are biracial. There's a lot of fun stuff that comes with that too. Like, um, you know, I'm doing a lot of news segments and I'm hosting and stuff for this YouTube channel. So a lot of comments and everything when I talk about shit is like, oh, you sound so white and everything mm. like that. And that's a gripe that not even mixed people, that black people that maybe grew up in affluent areas or something like that, or just have good vocabulary. It's like, oh, you know, people said, say that I sound white or sound black. Actually, yeah, first of all, that. I'd like to know like your opinion on that. Do you think that that's a thing? Do you think someone can sound white or sound no. black? No, because that's, that's another part of like, that's a racist stereotype, right? Yeah. That black people are, ed- are uneducated, so we don't sound, we don't articulate ourselves yeah. as white people do because they're the superior race, right? So they have access to education and they have the better paying jobs so they can articulate themselves. Yeah. I, so I, there's no such thing as sounding white. 
I, I, maybe, yeah, maybe not when you put it like that, but I do think there are like, I don't know, maybe I really pay attention to this, like I really listen to the way people talk and inflections and tones right. and stuff like that. You know, you could listen to a white person on the phone or close your eyes and listen to a white person talk and, you know, guess that they're a white person and that'd be pretty accurate, you know, and get it right, right. in something like that. And I think there's something to be said about that, the way that black people will sound or white people will sound and I, th I think that's like a real like a thing you know um, I, I think, think it's it, based on stereotypes though yeah I think it gets conflated with, with a lot of those things but I also think that you can be black and like not sound so like you know cookie cutter perfect and you can sound like like a black person and you know use big words and sound different and right. stuff like that I think it's like you know when you attach those stereotypes to it you know mm -hmm. and I think uh you can, I don't know, then there's white, there's the, the Chet Hanks thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's like accents and cadences, you know, are, are a very important thing to people's cultures, right? And right. Uh, I'm not Jamaican, but I kind of think, I, I don't know. I can see why people would be upset. Right, that's fair. <laughs> I can totally see why people would be upset, but then I see Jamaicans from Jamaica that are like, oh, no, that's funny, and, and yeah. whatever. So it's like, I don't know. I'm not the person to make this distinction, but... Uh, I don't know. The way you talk, I, I, I pay attention to things like this. And sounding white, sounding black, and all that I think is uh, very interesting. Mm -hmm. That's fair. What do you think? I don't know. I, like I said, I think it's all... I don't think you can sound like a race. I mean, unless you have like a dialect or like a language, whether you, you, know, you have a Trinidadian accent or you're speaking Patois or you know, whatever that looks like or... Um, but I don't think that you can like if you're just speaking without like an accent. Yeah. I don't think people tell me, oh, you sound you sound white. Like, what the fuck does that mean? People tell you you sound white. People used to tell me I sound white. Yeah. Mm. Oh, you sound white. Well, it's, it's like we said, the oh white people sound. Or like sound... they're so well spoken. Well, that shit. That's oh yeah. man, I like, hate what, that. What shit. did you expect me to not be well spoken? Why? Well. Right? I, I think it's like a thing when people say about, I, you know who's a great example for like what we're talking about? I think Cardi B is. Because mm. Cardi B sounds... Her grammar is terrible. Yeah, her, her gra she, she doesn't speak in perfect English and stuff like that. But like, yo, you ever hear Cardi's like Instagram stories or lives where she's talking about like taxes or something, or she's like attacking a politician or something? Right. And she's saying things that are very like well thought out and make a lot of sense and are like... No, like I like what she's saying is very important and very smart, but it's in that Cardi B like right. you know with the Bronx and, and everything like that. So it's like, I, I I don't know. I think the way you sound is so can can influence so many things, you know. <sighs> That's fair. I guess. <laughs> I guess. So how was this? I'm not taking any more wine. Yeah, you gotta drive. Um, how was uh, your first episode as a? Slash guest. Yo, it was scary. Scary? I like, scary? I was nervous. No. Oh, why? No, you don't scare me. <laughs> but I, you know, you, but like, I, I rate you, you know? Oh, thanks. I, I know that you're good at what you do. Like I said, you're authentic. You're a very real person. So it's like coming into this, and like, I do a lot of scripted stuff where I'm speaking, like, kind of like as an unbiased news anchor, essentially, right. sometimes. So it's like, uh, this is a different vibe. And like, you know, I, I, I want that. I want to be, I, that's why I love this platform, you know, being like a platform to be real and express things that like mm -hmm. we're feeling. Um, 
So yeah, I was a little nervous coming in, like, oh, this is some real shit. This isn't no like, you know, scripted stuff. Um, and I've always like, yo, so this is some real shit too. Cause like, you know, I've always produced this podcast, um, been behind the camera most of the time. And we bring in these guests and we have these amazing conversations. And I always felt like, literally like, almost like, yo, I need to be popping enough or I need to be at a place where like, I would be a good guest for this podcast, you know? And um, when we started this, I definitely wasn't at that place. And I feel like, I don't know, I've leveled up. I got a different job and stuff like that now. So yeah, I feel like it was a journey. It was something that I feel like I had to earn almost. Right. You know, being a guest, literally, like I'm being dramatic about it, but no, that, that that's how I felt. I was like, yo, I need to earn my own episode. Right. <laughs> it took 12, but, uh, <laughs> but we got here. Now you're here. That's good though. But yeah, this is this is good. I think um, season two, we have a lot of things in store. We have a lot of new guests, new topics, new visuals. So subscribe to our YouTube channel. And, and give feedback, you know? I love um, hearing like what you guys think about yeah, what DM we us, think. Yeah, DM us, whether it's on the Relentless Diaries Instagram account or Twitter. Um, if you DM disagree us. with us, let us know. Yeah, don't be afraid to talk shit. Because I'm not afraid to talk She's shit. not, yeah, she's, you know. Like I said, I'm, I'm still figuring that yeah, out. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, <laughs> interact with us. Like, people, yeah. like, we do this because people ask for it and they listen to us, so... I, I think they need it, man. There isn't... Everybody wants to start a podcast. They get eight right. episodes in, and then they start talking about their day every single episode, and it's like, right. nah, we, we different. Relentless is a little different. We serve a purpose. We here for the people. And, you know, we got some unique stories and perspectives to share, so... Right. We here. We're for the people, we for the culture. Here. So I'm excited for what we have in store. We have a really good list of guests that we are going to plan to come in over season two. We have great new visuals coming. We have new wine that we're drinking, but we're not going to name the wine because they have, once we get more sponsors. You got to pay us for that. You got to pay <laughs> us for that. But we do drink. We do. So um, this was good. But yeah, I'm really excited for episode two. I think it's really good that we got what we have going on. I think it's really going to be good for people, for people to see kind of like the come up of kind of where we started like in your apartment to like now being in like a studio a studio with like expensive mics and cameras and backdrops and all that good stuff. So I'm excited for what this year has in store for us. I'm excited too. And it's like, I've got a million things I'm doing and it's like, I literally don't even like, I barely have time to do this, but I really wanted to. And it's something I, I think needs to happen. I think like I really enjoy it. So yeah. We'll see what's going to happen. Cheers. Relentless, season this two. Relentless, episode one, season two. Episode one, season Don't two. Don't forget to subscribe, download, tune in, review, all that All that good stuff. shit. You're... Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head-on. 